Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Today's program is brought to you in part by the financial support of our listeners. And I want to thank Karen so much for her support, sending a one-time donation through support.greatdetectives.net. You can also support the program over at patreon.greatdetectives.net on an ongoing basis. Well, now it's time for today's episode of Richard Diamond, the original air date, January 22nd, 1950, and this one is the Martin Watt case. Broadcasting Company presents Dick Powell as Richard Diamond, Private Detective. Are you Mr. Diamond? Yeah, unless there's a warrant out. Mr. Diamond, I'd like to talk to you about a man. Oh, don't look so unhappy. Can't talk about girls all the time. Mr. Diamond, this is pretty serious. I'm scared stiff of him. Why? Because he's dead. And here's another exciting case from the files of Richard Diamond, Private Detective, starring Dick Powell. Diamond Detective Agency, homicides with class. Ah? Uh-huh. Ah. Well, that's a pretty good answer. What kind of a slogan was that, Chalmers? Oh, my goodness. Sergeant Otis. That's right. Well, don't take any bets. I know a dozen people who would swear you were something else. Oh, now stop the gag. I got something important to talk to you about. I know what it is. You do? I bet you've lost your shoes. Oh, what makes you think that, wise guy? Well, I drove by the docks this morning and spotted two landing barges with laces. Oh, I give up. Here, you better talk to the lieutenant. Rick? Hello, Walt. Why don't you lay off, Otis? He was just calling to ask you to do a favor for us. What kind of a favor? The 5th Precinct is having its annual dance next week. Oh, now, Walt. Well, what's the matter? Just a couple of songs, and then you can go home. Oh, sure, sure. Just like last time. I was just going to be a couple of songs last time, too. But before those lovely cops let me go, I had a crack in my voice like the Liberty Bell. Now, this time, I promise. Only two songs. All right, all right, all right. If one of them's Mule Train. Sure, but why Mule Train? I want to whip Otis for sound effects. Mr. Diamond? Oh, wait a minute, Walt. I think I spotted a client. Okay, Rick, I'll tell the committee you'll be there. Bye. Are you Mr. Diamond? Yeah, unless there's a warrant out. Mr. Diamond, I'd like to talk to you about a man. Oh, don't look so unhappy. Can't talk about girls all the time. Mr. Diamond, this is pretty serious. I'm scared stiff of him. Why? Because he's dead. Hmm. That's right. He's supposed to be dead. Well, bring him over. We can make a fortune from Barnum and Bailey. I guess i better go. No, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Maybe you better tell me about it. Okay. I'm Martin White. I go to Barrett College. I'm an ex-GI. I'm a senior now because I couldn't start until I was released from the hospital three years ago. Hospital, huh? What was the trouble? I got hit at casino. How long were you in the hospital? Two and a half years. Two and a half years? Yeah, I... 
Okay, I fell apart up there. Oh, oh. Psychosis? Yeah. Go on. The other day I was on my way to class when I saw this man I was telling you about. The one who was supposed to be dead? Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. He used to be in the same outfit with me. I saw him killed at Casino. Oh, well, so you made a mistake. So he looks like the guy. No, no, it's not like that. Maybe I better tell you and then you'll understand. Uh, go ahead. Well, his name was Jarvis, Paul Jarvis. I was a captain with the Fifth Army when we went into Casino. And Jarvis? Private. He'd been with us since we pushed Rommel out of the desert. Everybody hated him. Why? Goldbrick. Never missed a chance to dog it. But he was smart, plenty smart. There wasn't anything we could pin on him. Yeah, I know the type. He was great in a street fight because he was big. And I mean really big. Big and nasty. But up on the line, he went to pieces. Okay, go ahead. And one night, we got a report that a man answering Jarvis's description had killed a corporal in a fight. By the time the details got to me, the Germans had opened up with everything they had. I was ordered out on patrol, so I took Jarvis with me. You took a big chance. You know it. There was one witness to the killing, an old man in the town. If Jarvis knew he might be identified, he'd have gone over the hill shore. So I figured I'd watch him, keep him with me until the Germans slowed up and we could show, show him to the old man. Oh, he moved up. The crowds had the main body zeroed in with their 88s. Our job was to move up, try to spot a path through the enemy artillery pattern. We had to belly down, and Jarvis and I ended up in a hole together. They'll spot us, sure. They'll correct and drop those things all over us in a minute. Keep your head down, Jarvis. I tell you, they'll spot us. Now, you listen to me. You raise your skull one inch out of this hole before I tell you, and so help me, I'll drill you myself. Okay. You hate my guts, don't you? Knock it off. (laughs) This is real funny, this is. Two guys this close hating each other. Next time, I'll pick a bigger hole. Captain White. What? About that murder. Can it. You think I killed the guy, don't you? I don't think anything right now. Just those cock tanks down there. You're thinking about it all right. You and everybody else. You all hate me because I'm not a tin soldier like you with ideals sticking out all over your fat face. I told you to knock it off, but you wanted it laid on the line, so I'll tell you. Yeah, I hate your guts. Okay? That's good enough. I killed that corporal, Captain White. You're out of your mind. I am, huh? Well, this is as good a place as any to go over the hill. You're crazy. Get down. Relax. I got a bayonet pointed right at your belly. Jarvis, don't. Go on. Cry. Whine. (laughs) I'm going to put you in for a purple heart. Only you'll have to pin it on your blanket. Jarvis. Jarvis, for the love of... Now you're only a number on the record. Jarvis, you dirty... You're going to take a little while to die, Captain, so you can think about me getting out. I'm taking off and I'm leaving the rest of the saps with all the honor and glory they want. So long, Captain. It's all yours. Jarvis! Come back here! Jarvis! Well, it was one of those lucky things, Mr. Diamond. I got out. Spent a day and a night in that hole until the medics found me. What about Jarvis? I'd swear he got that 88 right on top of him. But now you think you've seen him and you're not sure. I'm not sure of anything right now. But I saw that 88 hit and I saw Jarvis go down. Okay, okay. Let's say you did see Jarvis. He got out some way. Looks pretty simple to me. Call out the authorities and tell them you spotted a man wanted for murder. There certainly should be a lot of guys from your outfit who could identify him. No. He's done something to his face. Maybe the shell did it for him, but I know it's him. You can't miss a guy that size. A lot of big boys. Sure, but he's got the same rotten eyes. That didn't change, and that nasty smile he gets. I'd know him anywhere. In a dark room, I'd know him. Oh, but you, uh, you said you were scared. Why not go to another school? I can't. I've got a job up there, and I've got a wife and a kid. 
That's why I came to you. I can't go to the police. They might put me back in that hospital. They'll think I'm slipping again. Up here. Uh-huh. Well, let's, let's say it is, Jarvis. What in the world would a guy like that be doing in a college? Don't you think I've asked myself those questions? Uh, just forget the whole thing. No, uh, no, 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 wait, Martin. Look, if I prove to you one way or another about this Jarvis, will you forget about Casino? Yeah. What name is he using? Blackwell. John Blackwell. Okay, let's go. Don't you, uh, don't you get a fee or something? Your wife a good cook? The best. Well, I'm staying for dinner, and after you see what I put away, you'll probably wish you'd paid the hundred a day in expenses. Usually I'm pretty hard about my fee, because the trouble I get into has to be balanced on the book some way. But a young guy comes in with a real problem, and old hard-headed Diamond gets a fast softening of the skull. Well, two hours later, Martin White, me, and my rural soft skull were on the campus of Barrett College and in the converted Quonset hut the whites called home. <laughs> He's hungry, Mr. Diamond. Hiya, fellow. Well, nice-looking boy. Yeah, takes after his mother. Uh, Martin, uh, Martin, if we're going to do something about this thing, we'd better get a move on. Hmm? All right, where do we start? Well, I think I'd like to look at this... Uh, what's the name this guy's using, you say? Uh, Blackwell. Oh, uh, well, I'd like to look at Blackwell's school record. How about it? Well, I think I can fix it. Let's go. Oh, dinner's at six, Mr. Diamond. Yeah, we eat early because I'm night watchman on campus. I go on duty at seven. I'll be on time, Mrs. White. It's Nan. Oh, well, love corned beef and cabbage, Nan. <laughs> well, I'll walk out with you. I have to go to the store. Come on, Mr. Diamond. We'll walk Nan out across the street. Martin, look out! Oh, that idiot! Uh, must have been drunk. Nan, are you all right? Oh, sure, but you, Martin, he came right at you. I know. Mr. Diamond, that guy wasn't drunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Nan, uh, you think you can go to the store alone? Oh, certainly. I, I'm fine now. But that car... Now, come on, Martin. We've got to check those records. Well, I see you at dinner. And, Martin, you listen to what Mr. Diamond has to say. That man was probably drunk. Good girl. Yeah. What about that car? Could have been an accident. Let's think it was for a while, anyway. <laughs> Well, this is where they keep the records. Hello, Susie. Hi, Martin. Well, hello. Hello, Susie. Uh, this is Mr. Diamond, Susie. Mr. Diamond, Susie Wirt. It's really a pleasure, believe me. We'd like to look at the file, Susie. You a new professor, Mr. Diamond? No, no, just a friend of Martin's. Married? Not a bit. Why? Pretty square, huh? Mm, sometimes, but I can learn. Yeah? Well, I might just start some night classes of my own. Sounds like fun. In about five years, you let me know how your education is progressing. Oh. Age is a problem with you, huh? My dear, when I stumbled over 30, everything got to be a problem. Now, uh, do you think we can, uh... Yes? The records, Susie. Remember? Yes, yeah, Susie. The records. Oh. Okay, which ones? We want to see the file Everything on... from B to C. Okay. But if I get in trouble for this, you uh, may have to make it up to me in some way. I'll buy you soda. And I'll let you... Here they are. B to C. Ah, thanks, Susie. I'll let you know when we're finished. Okay, be a recluse. Only I got some ideas about that, too. I'll be in the next room. Ah, youth. 
Well, let's take a look. How come you asked for everything from B to C? No sense in letting everybody know what we're doing. If we just asked for Black Wolf's file, Susie might have said something to him. Oh. Oh. Now, now, here it is. Yeah, it says here, uh, John Blackwell, 28, resident of McAllister, Oklahoma. Hey, get a load of this. Height, 6 feet 6, weight 240. Like I said, he's a big one. Hmm. If he fell down, he'd be halfway home. Look, Martin, where, where can I find this Black Wolf? Let's see. What does it say about his classes here? Mm-hmm. It's 2.30 now. Yeah, he should be in English lit. Oh, take me over there. You want to see him? I want to meet him. You want to meet him? Oh, now relax. Sooner or later, you've got to talk to him. Oh, Susie. Susie. Yes? Oh, Susie, we're finished. I'm not. How about that soda? I'll take a rain check. Lots of rain up here. <laughs> Susie? Yes? Bye. Well, we left Susie in the middle of a pout. Martin took me across the campus to another building. We went up a long hall and stopped at the door marked English Let. Martin looked in for a minute and then pointed. That's him. That's him right there. Now, relax, relax. Hey, he must get a bloody nose from the altitude. He's head and shoulders over the whole room. I'm sure of it. I tell you, when I get around to that guy, I'm sure of it. That's Jarvis. Get back from the door. The class is breaking up. Let's get out of here, Mr. Diamond. Uh, no, 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 no. Now, I want you to introduce me to I him. I can't. I tell you, I got the shakes. Oh, you're going to have to face it sooner or later, Martin. Uh, here, here they come. Okay, I'll try. Uh, there he is. Uh, uh, Blackwell. He sees you. Over here. Now, what do I say? Just introduce me. I'll do the rest. Yes? You call me? Uh, uh yeah. Uh, you don't know me, but, uh... I understand you're a new student. I'd like you to drop by the fraternity house and meet some of the boys. Oh, well, thank you. I'd be glad to. S.A.E. This is Mr. Diamond, Mr. Blackwell. How do you do? Fine, thank you. You a professor here, Mr. Diamond? No, just a friend of Martin's. This uh, your first year at college? Yeah. A little late, aren't you? What held you up? Service? That's right. Oh, well, I was in the Army myself. What outfit were you in? I didn't say I was in the Army, Mr. Diamond. Matter of fact, I was in the Navy. Oh. Well, Mr. White, I have to be going now. When would you like me to stop by the house? Oh, any time. Around six. Most of the boys are in then. See you then. Nice meeting you, Mr. Diamond. Yeah. Well? You've never met him before. I mean, here on the campus? No, why? When he left, he called you Mr. White. Yeah, and I didn't introduce myself. Well, I, I do know one way to clear this whole thing up. How? Oh. Fingerprints. Washington's got a record of Jarvis. If I can get black bulls, we can compare them. It's a swell idea, but about as easy as going after a mountain lion's molar. Oh, I'll think of something. And you go on home and stay with the wife and baby. All right. I left Martin and cut across the street to the college malt shop. When I went in, a bunch of kids were having a time playing records and making dates, so I slipped by them and eased into a phone booth and put in a fast call to the 5th Precinct Police Station and Walt Levinson. Fifth Precinct, Sergeant Otis. Oh, good grief. I got the zoo. Oh, you just call up to make wise crack, Shamus? No, I'll put the lieutenant on. But don't growl at him. He's close enough to snap a collar on you. Oh. Yeah, what do you want, Diamond? Oh, that's a pleasant way to answer the phone. What have you noticed been doing, setting fire to the commissioner? Oh, I give up. 
Where are you? I'm up at Barrett College. A college? Sure, sure, sure. I'm trying to talk to science department into bidding on your sergeant's brain. They've got gargantuas and they need a match set. Now, will you please be serious? Okay, okay, Walt. Now, look. I've run into something that has a good chance to end up looking like homicide. I can use some help. You know that's out of my district. Look, I just want you to do some checking for me. Find out about a John Blackwell who's supposed to come from McAllister, Oklahoma. He's a student here. Uh, What do you want to know about him? Oh, how long he lived in McAllister. Family, friends, the usual things. And then do some checking on a boy named Jarvis, Paul Jarvis. Check his fingerprints with the military authorities. See if he was ever in McAllister and if he knew Blackwell. Okay. Uh, Where can I call you and how fast do you need it? Uh, Wait a minute. What's the matter? I just spotted someone in this malt shop. Are you in a malt shop? Yeah, 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 and I gotta hang up. I don't want to lose this boy. Well, where can I reach you? Call the local law and tell him I'm on the campus. Wearing a beanie? Funny. Pretty funny. Ah, Mr. Blackwell, isn't it? Huh? Oh, yeah. Mr. Diamond. That's right. Mind if I sit down? Not at all. Just finishing my malt. Looks good. Think I'll have one. It is good. Good for you. Makes you healthy. Live a long time. Well, I guess that's what we're all after. I guess so. How long have you known Martin? Martin White? Yeah. Not long. How long have you known him? Just met him today with you. Why? Oh, nothing. Wondered how you knew his name. Oh, he was pointed out. Mm-hmm. Well, I gotta be going, Mr. Diamond. This little chat has been very enlightening. Goodbye. Goodbye. And now... Hey, uh, waiter. Huh? Oh, you want something, mister? Yeah, the small glass. Just the glass? Don't touch it. Well, what's wrong with it? Is it contagious or something? Yeah. It's five bucks. Huh? Give me a napkin to wrap it up in. Oh, a collector, huh? Yeah, something like that. Okay, take it. I had a girlfriend who used to collect beer cans, but this is a new wrinkle. Thanks. Oh, it ain't nothing. Come back again and get a load of our ice cream dishes. You'll lose your mind. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't look where I was going. Yeah. I hope I didn't break anything of value, Mr. Diamond. You're going to hog a sidewalk, that's for sure. Uh, Let me help you. I can make it. Uh, It's a mess, isn't it? Taking one of our famous malls back home? It might be, Jarvis. I beg your pardon. I said it might be, Jarvis. Name's Blackwell, remember? Oh, yeah, I forgot. You see, Martin White says he thinks he was in the service with you. I told you I was in the Navy. I didn't say Martin wasn't. Well, you're mistaken. My name's not Jarvis. Oh, well, now, isn't that funny? Martin's so sure. He was even going into New York in the morning to see if he couldn't find some of his old buddies who might have remembered you. I hope he has a nice trip. I'll tell him when I see him. But I don't get it, Mr. Diamond. Why did you tip him? Oh, you knew it before I tipped him, Martin. I don't want him to skip before I can get the information on him. But now he's sure to take off. Not until he gets you. Oh, Mr. Diamond, do you think... That... I know, I know you'll try, Nan. Martin is the only one here at Barrett who can actually identify him. He knows I'm suspicious of him, so he'll go after Martin first and then me. He's got to make his play. But you said that he... Martin, uh, give me your hat and coat. Why? What are you going to do? Take your place as night watchman. Whatever he's going to do, he'll try it tonight. I wanted to try it on me. No, I won't let you do it. Look, I've pushed it this far. It's all set up. Oh, honey, don't let him do it. Yeah, Mr. Diamond, I... Now, I you two, you... lock yourself in, and I'll come back. Huh? Oh, please, Mr. Diamond. Hey, hey, the hat fits pretty good. I'll have a look. But there must be something we can do. Oh, sure. Sure, Nan, there is. What? Save me some corned beef and cabbage, huh? 
It was dark when I walked out with Martin's hat and coat and started to cross the campus. I had a flashlight. The night was black, solid black. But I had a feeling that sat on my shoulder and raised goosebumps. When you've been in this business as long as I have, that feeling is an alarm ringing inside, telling you the trouble is creeping up. Halfway across the campus, I stopped. I heard nothing but the usual sounds that come with night. Dampened, muffled sounds. I walked on. And I heard it. The sound of someone walking well behind me. I stopped again. Maybe it was Jarvis. Maybe it wasn't. There was one way to find out. Keep going. If it was anyone with no business with me, okay, he'd stop following. I cut to my left, away from the main walk and toward the shadowy bulk of the college buildings. I kept going until I reached the gymnasium building. I was leading my pigeon to me. But who was the pigeon? My toes were beginning to turn in, so I figured I was. Then the bulk of the big building popped up in front of me. I tried the door. It was open. I went in, closed the door behind me. There was no light at all. Only a funny sound that I couldn't identify. A peculiar humming, and there was a smell. Chlorine. Yeah, chlorine. Now I knew where I was, an indoor pool. The hum was the filtering machinery. I wanted to turn on the flashlight, but in a place like this, I couldn't give Jarvis the tip on where I was. I had to get out, so I felt my way carefully along the tile floor. I kept what I guessed was the middle of the walk around the pool, and then... He was in with me. I stopped, but he didn't. for you. I'm not going to teach you. It won't take long. 
Just enough to get you a little water, Log. Hold your nose, Jarvis. It helps. Simon. Simon. Martin. Lights, Martin. Get them on. Yeah. I have to come. <coughs> I'll let you do it alone. I heard the shot and I... Where's Jarvis? Jarvis? No, I, I think we can take him out now. He's done. Here, grab him. Yeah. Is he dead? No. Here, give me a hand, Mr. Diamond. Wait. Hey, hey, I'll get my breath. You know, uh, Martin, Jarvis was a bad soldier, but in the Navy, he had just been plain lousy. We've got to pay you something. Okay, okay. Mail the recipe for your wife's corned beef to a gal named Helen, huh? But, Mr. Diamond... Don't forget it. Jarvis won't... I mean, he won't... Come back? Oh, no, no, no. The Army picked him up. They've got first crack at him. Then come the uh, McAllister authorities who'd like to talk with him about the murder of John Blackwell. So that's how he got Blackwell's papers. Sure, sure. Blackwell was alone in the world. He was going to come here to school, but Jarvis hitched a ride and... Well, once the guy kills... He'll do it again to beat the rap. Blackwell and Jarvis were both from McAllister. Yeah, yeah. Jarvis figured this college would be a great hideout under a different name, papers all in order, but uh, you saw him and he saw you, and that put a crimp on his plans. From there on, you you know the rest. Now, I guess... Oh, I'll get it. Be back in a minute. I'll send your clothes to you when I get back to the city, my No hurry, Mr. Diamond. Oh, Mr. Diamond, the phone's for you. Me? Hmm. But no one knows I'm here but the McAllister Police Force, Levinson, Otis, Jarvis, Susie, the campus, and you. Well, he asked for you. Oh, thank you. Hello? Diamond? Uh, Levinson? Yeah. Well, what's on your mind? Are you all right? Never better. Why? Because we got the report on Jarvis. He's a bad boy. You watch yourself. Don't get caught alone with him. Oh, sure, sure, Walt. I'll be real careful. The only place I'll be seen with him is in a swimming pool. Huh? And I'll cut the wise back. <laughs> what's that? Did you say something? Uh, hold it a minute, Walt. Oh, Bill, shh, please. Sorry, Mr. Diamond. I guess the phone awakened him. Diamond. Diamond, what are you doing? You got asthma? Quiet, Walt. Uh, hold it. Uh, Nan, uh, Martin, uh, bring the baby here. But he's never done this at this time. Oh, never mind. Bring him here. Okay, you asked for it. Now, 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 baby, baby. Shh, shh. Stop calling me baby. It's twilight on the prairie, and the moon will soon be high. She'll be herding every star up in the sky. We'll lope along to dreamland, and we'll bid each care goodbye, while the wind blows through the sagebrush with a sigh. So hush, little darling. Little dear, go to sleep, little darling, I'm right here, let my shoulder be your pillow, you'll be safe as you can be, little darling, you mean all the world to me. We'll always be together, and I promise faithfully 
that your dreams will all come true. Just wait and see. So hush, little darling. Little dear, go to sleep, little darling. I'm right here. Hello? Hello. 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 Say, what's going on over there? Oh, now, hold it a second, Walt. I got somebody who wants to say hello to you. That's a good boy. Now, now, say hello to the lieutenant. just heard Richard Diamond, Private Detective, starring Dick Powell. Ed Begley played Lieutenant Walt Levinson. Also in the cast were Wilms Herbert, Paul Dubob, Sammy Hill, Jerry Hausner, Jane Webb, and Dave Ellis. Music was under the direction of Frank Worth. Richard Diamond is written by Blake Edwards and directed by Russell Hughes. Dick Powell currently may be seen in the motion picture version of the best-selling novel, Mrs. Mike. This is Eddie King inviting you to be with us next Sunday at this same time when we will again bring you Dick Powell as Richard Diamond, Private Detective. What's on NBC? Phil Harris celebrates his birthday this evening by getting into just a little more trouble than usual on the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show. Theater Guild on the Air presents Jane Wyman, Beatrice Pearson, and Mel Ferrer in the psychological melodrama, The Willow and I. It's the best entertainment on the air, and it's yours for the listening today on NBC. Now stay tuned for James Melton and the Harvest of Stars on NBC. This is Andrea J. Graham, author of the Web Surface series, oh, and a Madam's Wife. You're listening to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. Welcome back. Well, a below-average amount of violence for this show. And Don Man uh, manages to get his uh, man. I also have to say that I really like the uh, lullaby. It's a very uh, sweet song. And I think it uh, really fit uh, Dick Powell's voice just perfectly. Well, now we turn to listener comments and feedback. And... Uh, Eric says, uh, thinking a lot about the singing and how it's a great tool for uh, a writer. The singing allows Edward some flexibility in the length of the main story. If the plot just seems to wrap up naturally in, say, 23 minutes, uh, instead of 25, he can add a few more bars or verses of a song and end. If it goes 24, he can sing a few notes before he's interrupted. I'm sure all the songs were in some way owned by NBC, so they didn't have to pay much to use them. Elsewise, uh, the licensing would have been massive. It lets the stories uh, conclude naturally without having to put in artificial uh, business red herrings that don't service the plot or long interludes of organ uh, music. I'm looking at you, uh, Boston Blackie. 
Uh, okay, well, Eric, uh, it's a good comment, and I think you do have a point of, about it, how it helps writing. Now, regarding the music, um, the songs that uh, Dick Powell sings in this are generally, uh, they were standard songs for that uh, era. There are a couple that I wouldn't be surprised if they were in the public domain in 1950. Copyright had 28-year terms, and it wasn't always uh, renewed. So if something were made, say, uh, before 1922, written before then, uh, it could be, in fact, royalty-free to sing. But it's probably a, a bit more complicated than owning or not owning, because these are standard songs that are sung uh, so often. I'm not certain the exact arrangement, but I... Would almost imagine it'd have to be something like a music library. And because I have looked into this for other purposes, like when it comes to actually broadcasting music, there are licenses you can get through two different companies that uh, give you the right to play uh, a certain library of music. And I imagine it's the case that the uh, NBC pays to act would pay to access this library. It was referenced also in the end credits of the Railroad Hour uh, because there were a lot of programs, uh, not just Richard Diamond, but there were uh, singing programs. You listen to uh, Bing Crosby or you listen to the Fred uh, Waring Show or the Craft Music Hall. And they uh, played and sang a lot of music that was uh, in some way under copyright. So at this point, NBC would have paid very large bills. I'm also not certain if, if the licensing was as cumbersome. Now, as to Boston Blackie's uh, music fills, those are not because the story has a writing problem. It's basically the music fills are for uh, the insertion of commercials. When we get a music uh, fill instead of a commercial, that's just a signal that we've got the uh, a recording based on the original transcription, as opposed to uh, one that was actually uh, broadcast with the commercials inserted. Eric also does comment uh, on another post. I'm surprised, a little surprised that you. Uh, didn't uh, bring up uh, Blake Edwards uh, when talking about the script. I know that he wrote many of the Richard Diamond script, but this one is a real treat. Uh, this is regarding uh, Diamond's severe critic, especially when you take account his later career would he become most famous for his comedies like Operation uh, Petticoat, Victor Victoria, and The Pink Panther. I can hear him honing the anti-authoritarian and uh, anarchic uh, tone that would uh, serve him well in those and other films. Uh, that is a good point, Eric. I've mentioned uh, Mr. Edwards uh, before uh, in the course of doing this series, but it does bear uh, repeating. Uh, he was a definite talent, and this was one of his early works, is he did do a lot of um, old-time radio work in the early 50s and then kind of moved on to other things. Uh, but I did actually read on a uh, review page that shortly before uh, he died, uh, people uh, there that some people did let him, someone let him know that people were still listening to the old uh, radio dramas he'd done, and he actually found it uh, quite uh, touching, reportedly. So, yeah, definitely keep in mind that 
Blake Edwards is a big force in the show, particularly in this um, NBC era. One thing I'm curious about is there are actually later scripts that were written by Ty Cobb, and I'm kind of wondering if that was Ty Cobb, the baseball player, or somebody else. Joey comments on the uh, Angelino Giuseppe case, a little over the top with the beatings, uh, but I do like that he uh, takes up for the little guy. And uh, I think that's uh, an interesting point, and I think one reason why um, people uh, would tend not to uh, find that as problematic, because he may have been dishing out and receiving some pretty severe beatings, but it was all in the defense of uh, somebody who was being picked on, and uh, I think people's sympathy naturally goes there for obvious reasons. Uh, Judy says, I really like the Richard Diamond series. Well, thanks so much for your comments, Judy, and that will actually uh, do it for today. Join us back here tomorrow. We've got Boston Blackie, uh, and then next Wednesday, be sure and listen to another episode of Richard Diamond. In the meanwhile, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives, and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.